0: Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It has been a strong start to the week this week as we've now gotten back-to-back days of all-time highs after... A couple of weeks of weakness that we've seen here, I'd say a couple weeks, a few sessions really last week, uh, almost exclusively the, the bad week here, uh, but good to see the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 hitting back-to-back days of all-time highs here, and today was the first ever close for the NASDAQ above 15,000 uh, so really pretty impressive day uh, Really more impressive of a morning. We hit the highs of the day pretty early on in the session uh, Still able to finish off the lows of the day though as well uh, So not a, a really a pretty good day here overall, but really the impressive action for the start of this week Has been the internals for this market if you've been tuning in with us here you know, that's been one of our biggest concerns over the last few weeks. And we've now gotten back to back days of solid internals to start off this week. And really, we ended last week on a solid note as well, other than new 52 week highs to lows, uh, which, you know, have been tainted a little bit by the SPACs and then also a slightly lagging indicator as well. But other than that, we saw. Good internals from the advance decline on Friday, solid internals from the volume. So really, pretty much making three back-to-back-to-back days of solid internals here. And again, that's been one of our biggest concerns. So good to see that to start off the week. I'll get to a full report on that here in a second. Uh, But with that, we've now seen some serious alleviation of two of our three biggest concerns, the first being the internals I just mentioned, and then the second being the market's fear of the Fed announcing tapering. And really, the the fear or the the concern here wasn't, from us at least, wasn't that the Fed would taper, but that the market was going to start to price that in, uh, start to try to look past what the Fed was doing, and now we see nearly zero evidence that the Fed will even think about talking about tapering at their Jackson Hole meeting. Over the last few weeks, you just see endless numbers of talking heads, um, other Fed presidents saying that they need to start talking about tapering, that it needs to start taking to effect before the end of 2021. Just all empty rhetoric. I mean, they had to have known that this wasn't going to happen. And really, I mean, a lot of that's probably due to more coronavirus concerns, and again, concerns more so than actual the threat of it, (laughs) in our opinion here. But really, unless Jay Powell and his cronies at the Federal Reserve want to see a market sell-off, they're going to avoid... Talking about tapering like the plague at Jackson Hole and really in, in our view Have you been tuning in with us? You know our view They're not going to talk about tapering It's not going to happen in 2021 and then it's even less likely to happen in 2022 because it is an election year The midterms are coming up We know The past that the Federal Reserve has with the Democratic Party. They don't taper, they don't cut, or they don't raise rates during uh, when it could hurt a Democratic candidate. It just doesn't happen. Uh, Just look back on history here. They raised rates a total of one time in Obama's entire eight years. They tried to taper once, backed off of it quickly, and then under Trump, They decide to raise rates causing a market sell-off going into December of 2018. Yes, the December from hell that we called it raising rates going right up into the Christmas holiday, getting a market sell-off right before Christmas. Uh, so we don't see that happening here. They don't want to hurt the democratic party's chances even worse than they already are going into the midterms. Uh, Really, unless they find a way to really feel like they they can rig the midterms, they won't even think about thinking about raising rates and highly unlikely that they'll start to taper either. So those concerns have been lifted from the market, but the one area that we're not out of the woods yet is seasonality. We're still in what is historically... The weakest part of the year, going back to 1950. This time period right here, from the end of August and into September, is historically the worst time to be in the market. But as we've seen over the last, really the last two years, especially, these historical statistics haven't held up that well. Um, so. You know, as long as these internals continue to improve, it may not matter much to this market. But, uh, you know, we could get a little bit of a slow into the summer here. Uh, We'll see what happens. But if these internals continue to improve like we've seen, we might get an upgrade from the VRA investing system from 9 out of 12 screens where we are right now to 10 out of 12 screens. And again, those historical numbers may not come into play too much. We'll follow price on that one before we begin to follow the historical numbers. The markets love proving as many people wrong as possible, and I know that those historical figures have made their rounds. A lot of people bared up, uh, especially after what happened last week. That started. That sentiment has started to shift now, uh, but again, we could get back to 10 out of 12 screens bullish here, and those historical numbers may not matter too much. We'll see. Uh, So today, we also got a big rebound in Chinese stocks. Uh, Kathy Wood and ARK and company have already begun to buy back some of the Chinese stocks. They recently sold specifically JD.com is one that they have started nibbling at at least. Uh, So some of the sentiment is starting to turn. You know, some people starting to bottom fish on these Chinese stocks, thinking that maybe the worst of their policy decisions may be behind them here. They may very well be still a little early to tell though. Uh, I mean, these stocks have just been hit so hard, especially the big one being their, their online education groups. I mean, these stocks were trading uh, TAL, for example, trading at 90 at the beginning of the year. All the way down to $5 a share now. EDU is another one. Was at almost $20 a share at the beginning of the year. Now is at just over $2 a share. Now those are the ones that have been hit the hardest. But then you look elsewhere as well. You got Baidu trading at $354 at the beginning of the year. Now down all the way to $155 there. Uh, Alibaba I mean, just the the stories are incredible, especially when you think about Jack Ma, the previous richest man in all of China, just disappearing, Uh, not making public appearances uh, other than state sponsored public appearances. I mean, really interesting stuff happening there. They're still near the lows. So certainly this would be bottom fishing here. A little too soon to be getting in uh, for our taste, but we're certainly eyeing an opportunity here. It'd be for more of a trade than an investment Uh, rather than anything. We really don't want a whole lot to do with investing in China right now, but there's some serious opportunity here coming from where they were. And one of the key ones that we've looked at is KWEB, K-W-E-B, which is the Chinese internet ETF, fallen over 50% from its highs earlier in the year, got a big rebound day today, up eleven percent. Even being up eleven percent, though, still down over fifty percent from its highs of the year. Volume starting to pick up here. Definitely, we're gonna keep watching this group again. It be for a trade more so than an investment, uh, but. With Kathy Wood starting to get on board, the sentiment is starting to turn, thinking that the worst of those policy decisions are behind us in China. Again, with that, we'll have to wait and see. You never know uh, with what's going to come out uh, from President Xi Jinping over there and the rest of the Chinese Communist Party. All right. So looking at our U.S. markets on the day, though, solid day across the board, positive everywhere. We were led by the small caps. Uh, Still, there I I believe are furthest away from an all-time high, though, but up a nice 1.02% on the day to 2,230. We were followed there by the Nasdaq again. That's an all-time high in the Nasdaq. First close above 15,000, up just over half a percent to 15,019. Next up here is the S&P 500, also hitting an all-time high today at. uh, up 0.15% to 4486 and lastly here the Dow barely hanging on to that positive number up 0.09% on the day to 35,300 and uh yeah, 366 really not too far away from an all-time high there either in the Dow as well. But again, the really impressive part of today was the internals. Back-to-back days of positive numbers here now. Again, Friday, positive as well, except for 52-week highs to lows. We'll count it as three positive days in a row, given that SPACs have really uh, skewed this data a little bit here, but still much better than we've seen over the last 12 weeks or so from our internals. Advances, beating out declines, just under 2-1 to positive on the day. That's across the board. Then new 52-week highs, lows coming in just over 2 to 1 positive on the day. And lastly, volume coming in strongly positive for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ as well. Next up are sectors on the day today. We finished with 6 out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. A little bit of of some defensive action here, though. Consumer discretionary at the top. Energy led the way, though. Oil rebounding nicely again today. Then next up were materials, financials, and industrials. Then our laggards were consumer staples, real estate, and utilities. Tech was higher earlier in the, sec- the session. XLK, the tech ETF, Hit an all time high earlier in the day before pulling all the way back to finish down just one tenth of one percent. So not a big down day or anything here. We have started to reach overbought levels here, though, Uh, that is based on our our VRA investing system. That's not what we want to get in. So uh, not exactly what you want to see. But the semis were able to finish just slightly positive on the day-to-day as well. You want to see them leading the way, though. And compared to the NASDAQ, they did not do that today. SMH, the semiconductor ETF, up just 0.07% on the day-to-day. And lastly for today, our VRA Commodity Watch Gold, roughly flat on the day, uh, down just 0.02% to $1,805 an ounce. Silver, Up right now, just about 1% on the day today to $23.88 an ounce. Copper up four tenths of 1% to $4.25 a pound. And oil, as I mentioned earlier, rallying today up 3% to $67.67 a barrel. And then lastly for today, Bitcoin, which has had a big move recently, taking a little bit of a breather today. Now down 2.17% to 48189 a of Bitcoin. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.